0: You've, you've known me for like 30 fucking years, man. It doesn't sound right to me at all. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. Might have to ask Terry Taylor. Thanks for being with us. This is terrible. Hogan, the greatest hero in the history of the planet.
1: Year of 1993. I am your host, Duke Baggs, and my co host, Kevin Rogue. Kevin Rogue. That's him. And today we are on episode number two. We're reviewing the King of the Ring 1993. This is actually the first King of the Ring pay per view, and it took place a couple of months after WrestleMania 9. The main attraction of this uh, pay per view is the eight man tournament. To crown the well it's not actually the first king of the ring but the first time this thing has actually been coronated on television yeah
0: it was a uh it it
1: was a almost like a host show type of attraction
0: uh before this and they ran it from i think 85 to 91 took 92 off and then brought it back with a pay-per-view event in 93 Uh, and i think some of the reason why they did that was probably the The roster was a little bit slim right now with uh, with recent uh, departures and still being able to put on a a pay-per-view and and also maybe maybe appeasing uh, Brett a little bit after the way that uh, the WrestleMania went down was also kind of played into that.
1: The commentary team is Jim Ross with Randy Savage and Bobby the Brain Heenan, same team as WrestleMania nine. And I thought it was pretty hilarious actually. Jim Ross mentions multiple times on this broadcast how we're going to be crowning the very first king of the ring and he's sitting next to one of the former kings of the ring. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, he is. The well the very first one was Don Morocco, I believe was was the very first one. But I agree. I thought that was pretty 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 comical myself and I was going I was waiting for Randy to maybe turn heel there and, and go macho king on his ass, but no no dice there. No dice there.
1: No. So the uh, the competitors in this tournament are uh, Brett the Hitman Hart, Razor Ramon, Mister Perfect, Mister Hughes, Hexod Duggan, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Narcissist, and the Native American Tatanka. I, as I as I look at this tournament, the odd man out appears to be Mister Hughes. He... You think so? Why? Why do you think Mister? Is it because he wrestles
0: in sunglasses?
1: Yeah, he wrestles in sunglasses, suspenders, tie. Uh, He's almost like a—he's almost like a thug, not even a thug. Uh, How do I put it? Like an
0: unprofessional version of IRS. Right. Same same wrestling gear. Uh, The only thing different really is that he he puts on shades, and maybe he doesn't do his taxes.
1: Kind of just came out of nowhere. He wasn't—I think he was one of Harvey Whippleman's guys in that. uh, Oh yeah. in In that stable
0: yeah which never really had a name it was kind of the 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 stable of suck if you ask me uh never been a big fan of harvey Wuppelman or any of his stables i did like mr hughes though i always got a kick out of him and again the, the glasses the glasses never come off his damn face ever it's it's almost like he was wearing a super colo mask but without the mask
1: that was impressive that was impressive. Yeah. It's about
0: about the only thing that was impressive with Mr. Hughes. Well we'll get to we'll get to Hughes shortly. We'll get to here. him. We'll
1: get to him. <laughs> so also in this card we have Hulk Hogan defending his championship against Yokozuna in a rematch of their short unscheduled contest at WrestleMania 9. And Shawn Michaels defending his intercontinental title versus crush in what's a battle of probably two of the all-time greatest mullets in the business yeah crush shaka bra and don't forget about the tag team division we have an eight-man tag match between um, the money incorporated and the head shrinkers and the steiners and the smoking guns i think this was just added in there to give the tag team division a little bit of love yeah you say don't forget about the tag team division in this event Well,
0: they they clearly fucking did when they made the card (laughs) right
1: you see that, I mean, even to this day, you see that, especially at WrestleManias, where it's like, okay, we got all these guys, let's just throw them all into one contest, you know, so they, uh, so they feel better about themselves. Exactly. It's like, you might as well just put a
0: camera and fucking catering.
1: I think this is the first time that the smoking guns have showed up, so we'll get to them a little bit later. But the first contest of this card is going to be Bret Hart against Razor Ramon or Ruthless Razor Ramon as uh, Ruthless Razor Ramon. Huh? Yeah, it's that's, that's what Mr. McMahon dubbed him in the intro. Called
0: him Ruthless Razor
1: Ramon. Yep. Yep. And this is a I don't
0: I don't like it. It doesn't ring. You know, it doesn't you, ring the I don't care for it. I mean, he was it, uh it he was stuck
1: with the bad guy. That's The
0: the bad guy works, but like the, the
1: Ruthless, that's
0: that's out of line.
1: Well, he's not wrong. I,
0: I have a hard time arguing either point, really. I just don't like the way it flows, and I wanted to have an opinion.
1: Uh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll, let it, we'll, we'll let it slide. Um, so this is actually a rematch of the Royal Rumble, I believe, of this year when... Brett the Art was the champion and he defended it against the ruthless bad guy, Razor Ramon. Oh. Recently the one, two, three kid had defeated Ramon and the commentators let us know about this uh, several times. Yeah, they did.
0: Yeah, they did. And the audience did as well. There was a lot of one, two, three chance there or uh, in that open. It was, it was very interesting. I, I always get a kick out of when the crowd is chanting for somebody that's not in the match.
1: I don't think he even showed up on the show.
0: No, he wasn't
1: he wasn't on the card at all. And it
0: was they were chanting four, one, two, three, I guess, to to get under the skin or to get in the head of of Razor Ramon. And you're not gonna that's not gonna phase ruthless Razor Ramon. Everybody knows that.
1: <laughs> right. Well you know, thank God for the announce team providing us some context or else I would you know I wouldn't have had any idea what these guys were chanting about so that's true you would have thought we were back in uh, at Caesar's Palace and it was just a, an audience that likes to count
0: right <laughs> and they can count
1: at least to 3
0: to 3 we know that we we know
1: they can get to 3 <laughs> so this first round of matches is, is uh it's under a 15 minute time limit the, the hitman is the number 1 seed for whatever that i don't think the seeds really matter in this contest but they, they give it to him as sort of a you know you kind of got screwed last time so here's the number one seed type of deal, right and you would
0: think that if he was the number one seed he wouldn't face razor in the first round usually they give that number one seed kind of a
1: an easier matchup it should have given it yeah they should give him Hughes or Hacksaw maybe Duggan yeah, Duggan. yeah. knew Duggan was a former king actually
0: no he wasn't I
1: think he was a former king
0: you're getting confused
1: you're getting confused. You never seen Duggan with the with the the crown. I think that him and uh, Haku feuded over the the kingship back a few years back. That doesn't sound right to me at all. I'm pretty sure you're wrong. I think it
0: was uh, I think it was Don Morocco won the first one. Uh, the second one, phew, I don't know. Probably Shifty Dan Schaffner. Uh the, the the third one was definitely Macho Man Randy Savage. Haku was king. Haku was not king. Yes, I'm, I'm, was. I'm looking
1: it up. You're out of your mind. He was when he was a member of the class connection. He wasn't. Oh uh, yeah. Everybody all of a sudden everybody's
0: got a king of the ring win. Let me see here. It's hold the
1: damn phone on this son of a bitch. Let's see. What about Harley Race? You're just you're just forgetting about guys here. Fuck Harley Race! I think he was the first king. I think they gave it to him. I don't even think he had to defeat anybody. I got I got carried away. I said fuck Harley Race. I actually love Harley Race. There's nothing. <laughs> I got nothing bad to say about Harley Race.
0: Here we go. All right. So, eighty five Don Morocco. Eighty six Harley Race. So it wasn't Shifty Dan. Was not the second. Uh, this is the second king of the ring. I was I was wrong there. It was.
1: You must have been I, the third.
0: Yeah. Uh. Thir- yeah. So Don Morocco in 85, Harley Race in 86, Randy Savage in 87, Ted DiBiase in 88, Tito Santana in 89, Bret Hart in 91, and then now in our most important King of the Ring, 1993. We'll get to that at the end of the tournament.
1: I can swear Haku was the king. Sorry, man. Uh, We're going to discuss this. This isn't over, Shivani.
0: Yeah, no, maybe we'll do the the year of and the, the next the next uh run of year we do will be what 89 you think he, he was going to be the king?
1: Probably around there.
0: Well, you're wrong cuz in 89 it was fucking Tito
1: Santana. I'd <laughs> so. never, see, never seen Tito with the never seen him with the crown and the scepter and the robe and the the throne. Never seen it. It's a good point.
0: Well, I mean, we can both agree at this point, though.
1: We've, we've done
0: uh, some, some very lighthearted research. It wasn't Hacksaw Jim Duggan.
1: Moving on. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Ramon and uh, the Hitman, they, they lock up. Uh, the initial lockup ends in the stalemate. Uh, Hart gets the advantage. They go back and forth like they do. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of talk about the Hart family. Uh, thir- uh, Brett's the oldest of thirteen, I believe, or he's somewhere in the mix of thirteen. Yeah, that was a weird line that uh, that Bobby Bobby had.
0: It was it was a joke, and I, I didn't know if it was over my head or if it wasn't a joke. But he said he was the the fourteenth of thirteen children.
1: Yeah, and he said uh, so. They had one of each. I'm not sure. Right. am Not sure what what, what that was. About. Yeah. So you know, Savage reminds us that you know only one can be the king of the ring. Yeah, and he was really pumped about the King of the Ring, too. Uh,
0: he also said that uh, it was just as important as the World
1: Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, he was basically saying they were one and the same. Yeah, that's wrong. No wonder
0: why he didn't last on commentary. had to get back in the ring.
1: Right, he does a, he does a, does a decent job, though. I, li- I like the macho man in the booth. So around this time they're throwing out their predictions. Uh Macho's going with perfect. Uh Jr. kinda takes the easy way out, says it's too early to tell. This initial matchup uh didn't go too terribly long, but it really highlights um Bret Hart as being, you know, one of one of if not the best at what he does. And yeah. Especially it, it, in especially in the taking bumps department. He's you know, he's kinda legendary for is just how he takes bumps. You know,
0: he he can sell. I mean, just about anything. When he takes that that front bump in the to the turnbuckle, mm-hmm. it it's just painful, and the sound it makes, and the way he crumples up when he hits it, you you feel so bad for him because it looks like that turnbuckle just ended his life, and he's taken that that bump. I don't know how many times it maybe once a match in every match I've seen him and he takes that front bump to the turnbuckle.
1: He's got he's he's got to have a titanium you know chest. You'd think it would shatter his xiphoid process area because that's what that's what he's he's yeah. just just nailing. But uh, but yeah, you mm-hmm. see that you see that basically every match he, mm-hmm. he takes that one. The 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 way that he, the way that he takes it, I'm
0: always just. I'm always shocked uh, every time I see it and I've seen it countless times and he takes it and I'm surprised every single time at the same time. How come that's not the way that he always, why is there other times when he decides to turn and take the back bump in the turnbuckle? He's the only guy that has ever, that I could ever remember doing it. And he does it once a match, but you would think, Why would you, do you kind of understand what I'm saying? Why, when does he decide now's the time I got to take that bump? That's, that's my bump. That's the Brett bump.
1: I'm sure it has something to do with what's coming next, you know? Yeah. but, uh, but yeah, that was, that is a classic Brett bump. That's for sure. So
0: there was, there was uh, a couple of things that early in the match that stood out to me that weren't in the ring. And I got a pretty big kick out of. Did you see Razor Ramones fan club in the crowd?
1: No, I must have missed that.
0: Yeah, they 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 had a big Razor Ramon sign and they flipped it over and it said <laughs> it just said Razor says, Hey Chico. That's all it said. <laughs> it was a pretty got a got a pretty big kick out of that. And then the other the other thing that was outside of the ring that I really got a kick out of. <laughs> was the front row uh, Hulkster. Did you see front row Hulkster? Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> but he didn't commit, man. He had, he had everything all the way up to like he had the boots. He wasn't wearing the right tights. He was wearing, he was wearing like basketball shorts. Mm. Like if you're going to commit to being front row Hulkster, sorry, buddy, you got to wear the tights. That's just the way it goes.
1: Right. That's a, that's a big job. In front I mean, front row Hulkster. Sure.
0: You you take that role on, man. You got to commit. And I'm guessing he may maybe maybe he was a little timid in the drawers. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: maybe little, maybe he was a little shy.
0: His little Hulkamaniac was shy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he put him on. His wife looked at him and went, "No, no, no. You are. Not, I don't need the rest of the world to know that I'm married to that. You put shorts on." <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to maybe security stopped him. And was like, hey, you know what?
1: That that's possible, I guess.
0: Security stops him, says, Hey, you know what? First of all, we're sorry for you. <laughs> second 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 of all, just just put the shorts on.
1: <laughs> well, it was nice to see a front row hoaxer though.
0: Yeah, nothing against the guy.
1: So um I got a kick out of uh so we're we're about halfway through the match and uh uh Ramon gets some offense and he, he, it's a it's a killer fall away slam one of his one of his patented maneuvers and he goes for the pin hooks the leg and and savage says congratulations to razor ramon for hooking the leg yeah (laughs) what you gotta do
0: First and only time you'll ever hear anybody congratulate for a hook in the leg.
1: That's what I'm talking about with the the macho commentary. You you don't get those types of takes anywhere else. No, because you shouldn't. (laughs) Those aren't takes that that anybody's
0: clamoring for. Congratulations (laughs) for a hook in the leg. Get the hell out of here.
1: (laughs) There's plenty more where that came from with the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the ma- the macho man uh... oh good good <laughs> but, uh, the hitman makes a comeback and then he goes through a series of holds followed by pin attempts this is another thing that he he was um it was part of his shtick you know he had he, he was the excellence of execution you know that's his whole deal but he would apply a series of holds go for a pin he usually wouldn't hook the leg but you know that's why he didn't get the congratulations right that's why he didn't get the victory you know you got you gotta hook that leg so i think we got a what did we get we got a russian leg sweep we got a bulldog we got the the fist off the second rope all kind of setting up for um usually sets up for a you know where he wears down the leg and then goes for the sharpshooter yeah this time uh i believe ramon reversed he reversed the bulldog actually and uh hitman took took one of his one of his great turnbuckle bumps and uh ramon's setting him up for the razor's edge and the hitman reverses that as he will i think how how did this match end i think ramon went for uh some sort of a slam off the top and yeah he went for
0: that uh that uh that what is it called it was like a like a back not a backdrop like a side suplex off the second rope and brett turns uh turns and gets him on like a cross body on the way down and gets
1: the pin and razor was not pleased i mean you can't blame him i suppose
0: no i mean the it's kind of rigged for razor. I mean, he has to come in and face the number one seed right away. Uh, he can't, he can't do it for his, his, his fan club. Uh, he's got, he's got front row hoaxer distracting him. There's a lot of shit going wrong for you got the one, two, three kid chance. It's just the, the, the cards are definitely stacked against razor coming into this. And then he's going for a, for a sweet uh, back suplex off the second rope and Brett being the excellence of execution turns it into a pin attempt, gets the victory. It's a tough night for Razor. It's a tough night for, for
1: Chico. Mm-hmm. Good showing, though. Very, very good opening to the card. Very entertaining match. These these guys were both at the top of their game, and were, you know, a couple, a couple of the couple of the shining stars of this particular era of the, the next segment I, I was actually just quick sidetrack here this this whole first round that they did of the tournament i think they got it all done in about a half hour which was pretty incredible it was just bang 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 back to back which i thought was very efficient and and you know good good use of time anyhow so this next contest we got uh we got the battle of the misters we got we got Mr. Hughes and we got Mr. Perfect. And um, prior to this match, there's uh, some clips from Monday Night Raw that aren't really related at all to this match. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, the clips were from Superstars actually. The superstars, okay.
0: Yeah, where uh, where Mr. Hughes comes in and uh, smacks around the Undertaker and gets to take the urn, which was I don't know why or. What point uh, they they were looking to make in showing that that video clip there? It seemed a little bit out of place, but there it was. They're 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 really pushing uh, Harvey Whippleman's uh, stable of suck.
1: Right. It was, I guess, just to show that Hughes is a badass. You know, maybe for folks who aren't familiar with Hughes.
0: Yeah. I... I guess I don't know,
1: I don't know man <laughs> i mean the, the, the taker's absence is uh one of the one of the things that I made note of in this show he he was the biggest star that that did not make an appearance um something I noticed about this clip was that as as Hughes is you know going to beat the hell out of the undertaker with the urn, he's totally missing him, like just just not even coming close with the urn but it's, it's his glasses, man. I
0: suppose. <laughs> they, were a little too, they were too dark. You ever seen him without the glasses? No. Yeah, neither have I. Maybe he doesn't have eyes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'd be something. So the winner of this match is going to take on Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, Jim Ross is just a, just an encyclopedia of random facts. It's pretty incredible. I'm pretty sure he makes up most of these random facts but he he sounds he sounds pretty i don't know what the word is but you know he does a pretty good job of selling these facts um oh yeah like mr hughes
0: is from eastern manitoba state university
1: yeah
0: lettered all four years
1: on the rugby team and he, (laughs) he was one of the most penalized uh guys in amateur football history right just every anything
0: he throws out there but he does it so smoothly And like he said it a million times before, that you just go, "Oh shit, I didn't know that." Like, yep, Mr. Hughes has seven kids with six cheerleaders, all from the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Oldest one's name is Bert. Bert Hughes. Bert Hughes plays defensive tackle uh, down in Texas, West Texas. Uh, He's he's a great standout kid. He's in the fourth grade. He got a C minus on his last spelling spelling test, but he's trying to make it up. Who the fuck cares? (laughs)
1: He, he tells you a lot of things that you don't need to know, really.
0: No, I I, I don't I don't need to know <laughs> uh, whether or not he was the the most penalized player in in amateur football. Doesn't make me like Mr. Hughes any more any less. When it comes to Mr. Hughes, it's all about the shades.
1: Right, sharp dressed man, this Mr. Hughes. Yeah. Um. There wasn't much of note in this match to me. I did notice well in the bump department you know perfect I, i'd say i'd say this time you know we kind of have a three-way tie as far as you know the between perfect and hart and michaels as far as taking bumps goes you could pick you could pick any one of those guys who you yeah. know make a schmuck like mr hughes look much better than he much better than he may have been yeah um, there was uh
0: there was one part in this this match and i I want to say it was at the very beginning where Bobby, the brain calls J R monsoon and he cuts himself off and he goes, that's what you think, Mon." Well you're not monsoon, <laughs> but he, he goes, you look like him though. No, he doesn't. <laughs> J R Jr is probably what five foot. We'll just say five foot. Uh, and <laughs> monsoon is a he's a he's a very large individual
1: he was he was a giant of a man Oh, you think you get a name like gorilla
0: (laughs) right exactly and then uh the other thing that i got a kick out of was uh from from bobby in this match was he goes he talks about mr perfect he goes you know i did a lot of for mr perfect uh i managed his money uh he owes all of his success to me and then jr just slides and he goes wrong and bobby calls him on it and bobby goes dong (laughs) <laughs> and jared's like no he's like oh, i thought you said dong <laughs> i don't know why that made me laugh so hard but when he was just like jared just goes wrong and bobby just jumps at him, he's just dong <laughs> it, was, it was very funny they do do that that uh cut to like a picture in picture almost with brett kind of giving his thoughts on the match i thought that was kind of cool
1: yeah, yeah. They ask him, you know, who'd you rather face, and he. Uh, I think he says he'd rather face Perfect because um, I'm not sure why exactly, but yeah, he his says, endurance or something like that.
0: Yeah, he kind of matches them each up, and he goes, "If you have uh, Mr. Hughes, you got more of a brawling style, uh, and with uh, with Mr. Perfect, you got endurance, and and you got." more uh wrestling holds uh, he goes so I, if i had to pick i'd probably want to go with the endurance match and the wrestling holds and then he kind of smirks a little bit and he goes plus i think i like him a little better <laughs> <laughs> all right good, good. <laughs> I, just, I love the way you delivered that plus i think i like him a little better. <laughs>
1: and there, there's one other little bit that kind of caught my attention in this match I, I think Hughes must have been pretty green at this point I, I don't think he lasted too long in the federation overall but um, he doesn't do a bad job taking moves but it's very obvious that he's like jumping into um, you know he, he takes a couple of hip tosses takes a back body drop and you know it's obvious that you know he's he's jumping into these moves. You know, which which I guess wasn't wasn't a bad thing, but it, you know it's not as smooth as a you know guy who's been around for a while. You know, or right. been around for a while that you would expect. But that's Mister Hughes for you. Yeah, he could
0: he can move. He's pretty. I mean, he's pretty. He can be pretty fleet of foot. Uh, but he definitely. He's just not very good, I guess. I always kind of liked him. I always kind of had a soft spot for him. I thought he was, he was a pretty good heel. Uh, he always seemed like he always seemed like an intimidating person, intimidating heel. Like he could really do some damage, but then he got in the ring, and, and he couldn't do any damage. <laughs>
1: right. <You know? laughs> right. I think he delivered a good big boot maybe maybe a clothesline
0: yeah that's those are two two that's that's a good start that's a good start
1: (laughs) so he must have gotten frustrated uh early on here because he you know before we know it he's got the year and he whacks perfect with it and the match is over yeah it was a sweet finish (laughs) 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 that that's the end of that's the end of that chapter
0: that might speak to a little bit uh, of how maybe... Uh, I don't want to really completely shit on Mr. Hughes because, again, I do kind of like him, uh, but maybe that speaks to his actual ability when you got a guy like Perfect who can have really phenomenal matches and they come out and the finish ends up being hitting Perfect with uh, with the urn and there's not really much noteworthy in the match itself. But at the same time, we did say... Perfect and Lex in the, the WrestleMania 9 match wasn't a very good match either. So maybe, maybe Perfect's at the end of this first WWE run, maybe he's just a little uh, burnt out. I don't know. It's hard to say uh, at that point. But that, that was the finish. That was the, the earned hit for the, the DQ, DQ finish.
1: So Perfect's going to face Bret Hart in the second round, which is bound to be, uh, bound to be a good one. So next, next little spot we got is an interview with me and Gene and Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji. <laughs> you, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, <laughs> you, you got it. you all be my guest. You got anything here? <laughs> yeah.
0: They they go to, they go to Mr. Fu, Fuji and, and Yoko with me and Gene in the background. And they, they kind of, they, they talk a little bit about uh, how does it, I don't remember how exactly it starts, but Mr. Fuji. Cuts right, right into the right into the thick of it, and says that uh, Yokozuna beat Bret Hart after a grueling twenty minute plus match. So that's wrong. That's inaccurate. Uh, it was the the official match time was eight minutes and fifty five seconds for him and Bret at WrestleMania nine, and then him and Hogan at WrestleMania nine was twenty two seconds. So Yoko's entire uh, match time at WrestleMania 9 wasn't even 10 minutes, (laughs) but but Fuji viewed it as a 20-plus minute grueling match, and then Hogan cheated (laughs) to to beat Yokozuna uh, to get the belt. It it was such a a laughable thing, and back then, I guess we probably didn't have things like the internet to tell us how long the actual match lasted and and that type of stuff, so you can maybe get away with saying it was a 20-minute-plus match, but... Nowhere near, and then you also get maybe the longest promo I can remember. Uh, uh, not the longest promo I can remember, the most I can remember
1: Yokozuna speaking in a promo. I just, I just got a note of him saying bonsai. Yeah, he he's, he, he almost he like grunts a little bit, and he he goes,
0: Hulk Hogan, you American hero he says something. I don't remember uh, what else he says, something about, uh, you know, he's going to, he's going to take him out. And then he yells bonsai. And I don't know if he was trying to do a, an accent or not. I'm not sure. I don't know if that Hulk Hogan, I don't know if that was like his, his way of trying to do an accent or, or not, uh, or just cover up the fact that he's actually, he's from San Francisco. I, I don't know. Uh, it was, it was interesting. There was a lot of, uh, how do I put it? There's a lot of false in that in that little segment, that little interview segment segment with Gene.
1: Yeah, it, uh I think there's there's a couple more interview segments with them as the night goes on. There wasn't too much value in this, in my opinion, is just kind of making their Asian presence known or uh Polynesian, I guess, is a little more. <laughs> That's why that's what they announced you know, Yoko later on, but uh, uh from the Polynesian islands, but this old yeah. this whole Japan versus the USA um, you know feud is is kind of central to that whole angle. Yeah. So next up we got uh let's see, we, we got Hackside Duggan versus Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> A Couple of big this- fellas this this
0: this match uh, it sucked it was uh, it was very disappointing care to elaborate uh, it sucked hard
1: all right heard looking look up born on your phone here <laughs> all right so back to the uh, JR's mixed bag of uh fun facts so jugging uh, jugging <laughs> juggin. you you are you are on that porn subscription you're on jugging.com so duggan played for smu and the atlanta falcons to which bobby the brain shoots back who cares what you did as an amateur Ooh, yeah. i got a leather leather jacket <laughs> 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 Oh yeah, Duggan's wearing this sort of uh, American flag singlet thing that I've never seen before. Yeah, his
0: haircut is it threw me off too. He's got this weird, this weird haircut. It's it's he's got these strange looking bangs. It's just a, it's just not a good look from from head to toe on Duggan in this one. And he, then he before the match started, he had the two by four, and he points it at that uh, Bam Bam like he's shooting a rifle at Bam Bam. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh, we're reminded that we're in Ohio, the heartland. I think I heard heartland a couple dozen times on this evening.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So we got a lot of punches in this one. Um, see, Duggan Duggan goes for a big Duggan splash in the corner, and he misses. And it's the turnbuckle injures his rib. Tries to slam, bam bag, bam bam bag. I'm, that uh, bam bag <laughs> all out of sorts right now. Uh, tries to slam him to no avail and uh, Bam Bam takes control. Bam Bam's got him in a bear hug. Duggan gets the crowd into it with his USA chant. I mean, one thing you got to give it to, to, I mean, you don't have to give it to Duggan, but. Oh,
0: I'll but, give it to him.
1: I mean, I mean, I, I, I give it to him too. Um, no problem getting the crowd involved. He just had to come out, just yell USA and that you know
0: that that is one of my one of my notes and maybe my only positive note from this match is that hacksaw always works it always works all the way up until even when he does his, his guest appearance spots he shows up he yells ho and then chants USA and the entire crowd gets into it i don't know what power he has when he delivers the USA chant or the ho but it sure as shit gets over every time you see him.
1: Yeah, it does. He's he's an endearing character. We'll give that to him. And I'm pretty sure he was the king of the ring at one point. No, he wasn't. Uh, but as Bobby
0: said, he's known as a quitter in Glen Falls, New York. A quitter. I All believe right. that's what Bonnie. But that's what Bonnie says. See, now you're fucking me up, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I think uh, I think after getting the crowd involved and you know and he does his own little hulking up bit, um, he gets out of the bear bear hug, goes for his his uh, trademark three point stance, uh, clothesline thing, and he misses, and then Bigelow does his big four hundred pound head splash, yeah, and picks up the victory, and that's. That's about it. About a five-minute kind of glorified squash match. Yeah, a glorified squash match is
0: putting it nice. It, it was just not a good match. Not to say anything bad about it, I actually like Bam Bam Bigelow, and I like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. You, you put them together, and that was, that was pretty rough. I don't like this version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. I just thought about it. I don't like this version of Hacksaw Jim Duggan. The weird fucking haircut and the singlet.
1: Not a fan. So we got uh, we got the Red Rooster interviewing the Smoking Guns and the Steiner Brothers. <laughs> I don't know why they bother interviewing these guys, but did you laugh when when that segment opened
0: or that backstage interview opened, where he sounded like such a he sounded like such a douchebag? He just, "Hi, I'm Terry Taylor. <laughs> it's like, why don't you try being somebody else, asshole?" <laughs> just, he just he sounded so miserable hi i'm terry taylor
1: so for <laughs> so what I, what I got from this uh this little interview bit is that the frankensteiner is going to beat somebody rick likes making dog noises and uh billy gun the future mr ass talks about his love for his brother bart and their finishing maneuver and how he just yeah. can't just can't wait to slap it on
0: All right they call that like the was it called the revolver I'd,
1: what was it? It was like a, a, a one guy holds him and like a backbreaking thing, and the other it was a it was a die.
0: sidewalk yeah sidewalk slam uh, leg drop combination. I don't know if they did call it the revolver or not. Might have to ask Terry Taylor. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, I think for the most part, I don't mind Terry Taylor. I think that it's been said that he's got a great mind for the business. He's done a lot of good things, but. <laughs> He came on this and I just, I found this, uh, this hate for Terry Taylor that I didn't know that I possessed. <laughs> just, try not being
1: Terry Taylor. the <laughs> man after his red rooster days were over. I know that, uh, I've heard that, uh, Terry Taylor kind of got the, uh, you know, kind of got the short end of the stick with his gimmick. That was the red rooster was never going to go anywhere. And I, I believe he and Mr. Perfect came in at the same time. And it was kind of a flip of the coin with who was going to get the perfect and who was going to get the red rooster angle. Right. And we saw that, how that played out. So now do you
0: think if, if perfect did be perfect was the red rooster and Terry Taylor was Mr. Mr. Perfect. Do you think they cut backstage and you see, you hear Mr. Perfect go, hi, I'm Kurt Henning. (laughs) I don't think you do. (laughs) I think that's just, that's just Terry Taylor. I don't know. I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a little too worked up about Terry Taylor. My, <laughs> well we my got... new my newfound passionate hate for him.
1: <laughs> well we got we got more segments with, with Terry Taylor a little bit later. So. <laughs> can't wait. But before that, we got the larcissist Lex Luger taking on Tatanka. Uh both these guys were undefeated at this time. And they would remain that way. <laughs> <laughs> Before the match gets going, Luger's told that he's got to put the pad deal on his arm, or he's going to be disqualified. The refs are just kind of, kind of calling it as they go in this, in this paper.
0: Yeah, when they're trying to get him to put that that pad on over the forearm, he kind of leans over the rope in front of the camera, and he's kind of like flexing his forearm, and you can see. Where like the, the the maybe there's there's a, a plate or, or something there's something abnormal in his forearm so I'm guessing that was uh it was an actual thing that happened.
1: He's still in this angle where he brings out the mirror and he admires him, his his incredible physique. Yeah,
0: no babes this time though. No. Yeah, maybe it's because they were in Dayton, Ohio at the Nutter Center. They couldn't find any babes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're not known for their babes there. In Dayton, <laughs> but you think they would be right <laughs> i mean it's talking just nails luger with his uh uh with his mirror um he comes out with a head of steam a video within a video thing where uh bam bam appears and a- asks who he'd prefer to face he says he wants the indian
0: yeah uh, i don't know that didn't sit right with me like it sounded it didn't sound good it didn't sound like it sounded
1: racist Right, there's there's a few of those. Um, yeah, there's a few of those occurrences in in this event. But so, anyways, he wants to take out the Indian, and then he wants to be the king. All right, you ready for another bit of Jr. 's random facts? Yeah. K- yes. Absolutely. All right. So, Lex Luger at a three point eight GPA. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that sounds like bullshit. Keep hitting me. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess apparently turned down some some scholarship uh, with the some branch of the military to to be the narcissist. Okay, uh, he's a genius. I would have never guessed that. No, sounds like bullshit. All right, what else do you got? <laughs> That's all I got for this uh, for this this round. There's there's more more fun facts to come. Don't worry.
0: Okay, nothing on Tatanka though, huh?
1: Well, he's kind of a man of mystery, that Tatanka. Native American, uh, doesn't talk much, tomahawk chop, hulks up. Yeah. Um, yep. So this is kind of a back and forth. The narcissist is Heenan's pick. Heenan's had a hard-on for the narcissist ever since he showed up. I think he introduced him, actually.
0: He did. He did introduce him. And in this match, too, Heenan says the score of the match at one point is 138,000 to four.
1: <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Wow. That's a that's a lopsided affair. I imagine it was in the in Luger's favor. Yeah,
0: that 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 seems like uh, insurmountable.
1: I mean, Luger has about three holds. I'm not sure where he got all those points from. Well, I think maybe
0: that each hold counts for more because it is Lex Luger. Go on. Well, because he's not very good, so when he does them, they count for more.
1: Okay. Maybe a, uh, maybe a pose. That's some extra points.
0: Extra bonus points for a pose, probably.
1: After a few back and forths, uh, they're, they're talking about the 15-minute time limit quite often during this match. There's, yeah. The momentum goes back towards the Native American Tatanka. He nails a tomahawk chop from the top. Uh, he goes for a second one. And uh, long story short, the match ends in a time limit draw. And this was actually uh, a
0: legit time limit draw. I, I watched I watched the match over and I, I made sure to time it. And it was a, it was a legit 15 minute draw. After the match, though, did you find it a little bit strange that when Luger gets on the mic, he, he almost gives, it almost seems like he, he's kind of turning face in this match afterwards. Where he cuts the, this big like, like getting the crowd pumped up and he wants five more minutes and everybody pops and he's kind of popping back for the crowd. It was kind of a strange thing when he's, he's he, supposed to be this, this, this. He's a bad guy.
1: He sounds like a whiny bitch when he's doing it though. <laughs> Welcome that, to Lex Luger. <laughs> that is Lex Luger. So that wraps up the first round of the King of the Ring tournament. So in the second round, we're going to have just one match. Yeah. Brett Manhart and Mr. Perfect as Bam Bam Bigelow got a buy. Hart and Perfect match, it's really a classic match between, you know, two of the best guys in the business at the time. Um, they upped the ante to a 30-minute time limit. If they fight to a draw in this match, Bam Bam wins the king of the ring and tournament. That would have been a hell of a swerve, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Before um, this match, they had Bret uh, Hart and Mr. Perfect backstage with, with Mean Gene. And I thought I was going to really enjoy the segment and it really worked the i be really quick. Perfect. Uh, essentially says, you know, he still owes him for, for Jean G- is stirring the pot kind of in the beginning of it where he says, you know, didn't you, didn't you say you'd rather, you'd rather face Mr. Perfect because you could beat Mr. Perfect. And, and all this other, all this other kind of stirring the pot lines and, and perfect comes back. And then all of a sudden he's like angry at, at Brett and they kind of go back and forth a little bit. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Perfect remembers SummerSlam 91. He still owes him for that 90. That shit was two years ago. He still owes him for that. And, and then they go into the, did your, each or, you know, second generation wrestlers, did your dads ever square off against each other?
1: Yeah, it's real. Your dad, like my dad's better than your dad. Right. Right. And Perf says,
0: don't you ever say that your dad could beat my dad because he couldn't. He couldn't beat him on his best day. Um, I, I hope that helps you in the match. <laughs> like, whatever you need to get motivated, Perth, get get
1: after it. <laughs> so, Brett, you know, yeah, Brett tells us, you know, very matter-of-factly that he's going to win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, um, he mentions that he would consider managing perfect if he win would consider managing perfect again if he wins the King of the Ring tournament. <laughs> right. <laughs> As, a smart play by Heenan. Right. As, as he, you know, just sort of nonchalantly takes credit for everything Perfect's ever done. Yeah. <laughs> because he was his former advisor or whatever he did. Yeah. And Executive he his, consultant or whatever yeah, he called himself. Yeah. 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 Early, early in this match, there was a spot
0: where uh, Brett, was, Brett was in the corner. And then all of a sudden he did this weird thing where he like grabbed his nipple and he like he checked to see if it was still there. Did you catch that?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I, I laughed really hard and then I I, I I had to watch it over again. And he's, he's in the corner and he's just kind of walking out of the corner and he just kind of grabs his nipple. And it's like he's making sure it's still attached to his body. So I don't know if something happened with his singlet maybe he grabbed her, or what happened. Maybe a perf has been known to be a little bit of a... Of a uh, of a river, so maybe in the in the maybe somewhere in, the, in exchange, he gave him a little purple nurple. I, I don't
1: know, but it was it was pretty damn funny. That was, that was an interesting observation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there was there's a series of really cool pinning combos and vicious bumps. Hitman again takes that uh, takes that chest bump to the turnbuckle, yeah, and he also. He also takes uh, a post bump, which, you know, the the post the post gets used quite. Uh, what's the word? Uh, they get their use out of the post in this in this uh, card. Regular usage. So yeah, perfect. Uh, perfect. Eventually, gets the upper end, He nails a drop kick from the top rope. Uh, it's real high impact spot that you don't really see that too often. So I thought that was kind of cool. No,
0: before before that spot though,
1: I might, my, my notes
0: might be out of sync here. Before that spot, wasn't wasn't there the spot where Hart bounces off the apron down and he like hits the cooler? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that was I think that was before that spot.
0: Okay, yeah, because that was that was one of the things that because Perfect and Bret Hart together work very well. Uh, they work very well. They put on really, really good matches together, uh, and they always, they always seem like they're, they're trying to outdo each other uh, when they're when they're selling for one another. And I think that's really what makes them to work together. Their matches work so well together. I saw Hart take that that bump off the apron, and he hit that damn cooler. And of course, I had to see what was in the cooler, so I paused it, and it was uh, Diet Pepsi. Uh,
1: is there a sixer in there, or? Is- Couple of cans,
0: couple couple of cans of Diet Pepsi. I think there was a maybe a water bottle or two, but that made me want to know who drinks Diet Pepsi. I think it's Savage. I think it's Heenan. Is it a Mosh drink? Mosh doesn't seem like it would be a Diet Pepsi guy. I bet it's a Jr.
1: drink. Yeah, it could be a Jr. thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know why that interests me so much, but I,
1: I needed to know what was in their cooler. Well, yeah. glad you got to the bottom of that. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> So there's there's a couple of really cool spots in here. Um, perfect uh, after after nailing that initial drop kick, he goes upstairs again. Hitman was playing possum. He, he hops up, connects with the superplex, and then he follows up with a figure four. Mm-hmm. Um, and this I think this was the longest match on the card. This this pushed about 20 minutes of just back and forth action. And the the coolest spot that i saw in this match was a. Uh, it was pretty ugly looking but uh the hitman reversed an attempt of a perfect plex to a suplex where he, he suplexes perfect out of the ring and then it's like perfect is still holding on to him and he gets suplexed by perfect after perfect is, is on the on the floor almost it was a pretty wicked looking tumble
0: yeah that, that spot was really, really cool. Uh, I don't know that I've seen that done a lot or in any other matches that come to mind, but that was that was a really cool spot. Uh, the figure four spot was I just put great figure four spot because I thought that they sold, sold, it, sold it well. Uh, it was just it was it really really brought me in and then that, that suplex spot man you, you nailed it. you nailed it. It was a very,
1: very cool, very cool spot. I mean, it, it made you wonder if that's what they were shooting for there. I'm sure it was, but it was, yeah, a, uh, yeah something like I hadn't <laughs> seen before.
0: Well, especially with, with those two, because they're so, they're, you know, we, we, we've we sang their praises quite a bit here, and I, I think it's it's deserved. Uh, even when even when something goes wrong, when you have a guy like Bret Hart or Mr. Perfect, they know how to sell it and make it right. There's one spot where uh, Perfect kind of trips and he goes back to selling like it was his, his knee injury, uh, and it it could have been. I know that he had he had knee issues before this, but it, it's almost like he goes back to selling it in the match. So very, I mean, very bright, very bright the way they do things.
1: So yeah, shortly after that um, suplex bit that they did, uh, Perfect goes for a small package, Hart reverses it, and gets the quick victory. It was a hell of a match. Perfect even shows a little bit of sportsmanship at the end with the. Quick little handshake, yeah. Um, the Macho Man uh, mentioned how it took a lot out of him. Yeah, <laughs> that match. he Took his hat off. Took his glasses off. Um, you know, their match. Their match at SummerSlam '91 was a classic match. This one was as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that a lot
0: of people mention that that perfect uh, and heart match at at SummerSlam, but this is. Every bit is good, if not better, than that match.
1: So next up, we get a shot of uh, the back of Jimmy Hart's jacket. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a painting of Hulk Hogan, which is, uh, his camera zooms in on. Uh, mean Gene is hosting a segment with the Hulkster and the mouth of South, Jimmy Hart. Um,
0: now, do you remember, <laughs> is it Mean Gene... Who calls Hulk Hogan the greatest hero in the history of the planet?
1: <laughs> that was me, and Gene. I wrote that. What does that mean, Gene? Okay, <laughs> gotcha. I, I, I
0: went, holy shit! Last last event, uh, Bobby calls him out as being a national treasure because he's like the immortal Hulk Hogan, and this event, he's he's the greatest hero in the history of the planet. I mean,
1: it doesn't get much better than that.
0: That's- Why is there a statue erected of him in every town? Globally. <laughs> it's the history of the planet.
1: He should have churches. You're right. He should have churches. <laughs> Shit. I mean, the Hulkster, he um gets on the mic. He, he doesn't hesitate to tell us where the power lies. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's in his hand. And, yep. um... <laughs> that's, that, that's what I say when I'm pounding off. <laughs>
1: It's real quick, but he says, there's no water around, so there will be no sneak attack, <laughs> which is obviously alluding to the Pearl Harbor Pearl attack. Pearl Harbor, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Hart quotes the first few lines of the American Maid song. <laughs>
0: yeah, I wrote that uh, too, his WCW entrance, uh, his WCW entrance music.
1: Yeah, yeah. he, was, yeah, uh,
0: he, he Jimmy just says, because, you know, he's got the red, white and blue running through his veins and, and he was born and raised in the US. And I was going, wait a second. J- Do you already got that yeah. shit written? You I'm already just, got that one ready? <laughs>
1: he just add it in the can. Or maybe right. this, is where this is the genesis of the song. Who knows?
0: Could be. We'd have to we'd have to bust out that old album.
1: It's kind of interesting. This is the second show in a row where the scheduled Hogan match doesn't conclude the event. Uh, Mm -hmm. which is odd, Um, but he lost both of them. So maybe there's something to that. And we're off. Next up, we got the world championship match uh, between Hogan, the five-time world champion, and the big fella from the Polynesian Islands, Yokozuna.
0: Walking down, could you tell he was bigger? He looked a lot bigger, even just from WrestleMania 9 to me.
1: I mean, they kept talking about that, and he was looking pretty big. But it was really only two months between the two. Yeah,
0: yeah. He's—I don't know. Maybe it's because they were—they were saying how much bigger he got in between. But when he was walking down, he looked a lot bigger. And also, it was way too damn easy to find the plant when they were when all the camera people were coming down. The the big fake ass beard, like it was—it was way too easy
1: yeah the rings surrounded by the uh the asian press he did actually reiterates that um, that quote from fuji from earlier about how um, last time yoko was in the ring he wrestled a half hour match and won the title <laughs> all right <laughs> got to have a short memory a short memory <laughs> um it was kind of interesting how they they um, all, all three guys on the, on the team had mentioned that perhaps Bret Hart deserved the title shot more than Yokozuna did which would have been a very intriguing match I don't know if they ever had one actually
0: not, not to my recollection there's, well, we'll talk a little bit about that too um, not right now but yeah I, got, I, I,
1: I, I took some notes uh, there, there's, there was a little bit more to that that whole story and then uh, as we get underway, Savage lets out another, another classic. Let the winner be the winner. <laughs> yep, let the winner be the winner. Jesus. So, <laughs> so, Yoko dominates the early part of the match. Um, if anybody can slam him, it's, it's Hogan, which is uh, something that they – especially savage will repeat several times throughout from this point on in the pay-per-view this is clearly foreshadowing what's going to happen on the USS intrepid uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, between now and our next episode yeah um as they're you know admiring the the size of yokozuna um one of them mentioned about how yokozuna might go through the ring yeah um, did you did you
0: notice that the the crowd was not nearly as red and yellow as crowds of previous years.
1: Oh, well, we had front row Hulkster. Well, uh, if you take him out of the equa-
0: right, if you take him out of the equation, though, there wasn't a ton of those foam Hogan fans. There wasn't a ton of uh, Hogan bandanas, the uh, Hulkster shirts. the The crowd was really, really starting to go the other way on Hulk. I think.
1: I mean, they still blew up when he was coming out, but. Um, well, how do you not? Right, right. I mean,
0: uh, it, it comes on and it's, you know, 1030 at night in my house and I'm dead dog tired. He comes out and I'm I'm standing up and I'm posing with him. You, you, there's no way not to get excited. It's, it's Hulk Hogan. He is the greatest hero in the history of the planet. You got to right, get up
1: for Hulkster. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I didn't see nearly as much uh, the red and yellow paraphernalia as we used to see. The big, the big struggle of this match is getting the getting the big fella, I'm, I'm talking about Yoko here, off of his feet.
0: <laughs> For me, the big struggle was staying awake, man. This was a, <laughs> this was a this was a snooze fest. I
1: I fell asleep because, I fell asleep a couple of times trying to get through this match actually, and I looked it up and it's only 13 minutes long. No way. I thought it was like 18. The true story. 13 minutes.
0: Holy shit. That's, that's, that's better than Zeke
1: <laughs> And I love Hulkster, but that match is, that match is brutal. Yokozuna, he, he dominates most of the match. I, uh, you know, at one point he's got Hogan in the bear hug. Looks like it's going to be lights out for lights out for Hulkamania. And then, right. and then he hooks up like he does. He makes the big comeback. It's, it's the the big fellow with I think three big boots before he finally goes down. It was three. Drops the leg on him and uh, he kicks out. Something you don't do.
0: Oh, and they on commentary they even said that, that nobody's ever kicked out of that before, uh, except for the couple of WrestleManias. I think Warrior kicked out of it. Uh, Warrior Sid, moved. It was that it. Okay, I think Sid Sid kicked out of it. Uh, people have kicked out of it. It's it's a rare occurrence, but yeah. Right. But again, with that short memory, though, got to have that short memory.
1: And and speaking of the warrior, we get uh, so the match uh, comes to comes to a, a shocking and abrupt. And shortly after, um, Yokozuna kicks out of the the big leg. As Hogan gets blasted in the face by an exploding camera, I mentioned the Warrior because it was actually a good-looking spot compared to when they tried to do this a similar spot with. Oh, in WCW when they tried to throw the fire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of years later, but you know you can't win them all. But uh, do, do,
0: do you know who the who the cameraman was in that in that spot?
1: Was it Harvey? It was Harvey Whippleman. Yeah, that dastardly. Dastardly man. Yeah, he is a son of a bitch. I think that was about it for this one. Uh he gets uh Zuner drops a leg of his own and he is the now a two-time champion. Yeah, and then he uh
0: he bonsai Yoko or Yoko bonsai's Hogan after the match. And at one point they cut to the, the crowd and there is a little kid crying. I don't mean to laugh at a little kid crying, but uh, there's this little kid crying, and then in the camera shot comes a guy putting a thumbs up in front of the little kid crying's face. <laughs> I laughed so hard. Oh, man. They have really turned on the Hulkster, haven't they? <laughs> when the little little Hulkamaniacs crying, and then the guy just thumbs up him right in the face.
1: And this is the last that we'll see, Hogan. Um, in the Federation for quite a long time, I think mean, yeah. about seven, eight, nine, ten <laughs> years. Like we, we don't see him again for for a, for a long time, very long time. So that effectively is the death of Volcomania in the uh, World Wrestling Federation. Um, it absolutely is. And now we cut back to your favorite guy, Terry <laughs> <laughs> Taylor. Taylor.
0: I'm Terry. This is Terry Taylor. <laughs> uh, man, I did he he didn't I don't remember him doing a lot of these backstage spots. to you
1: This is the first time I remember seeing him.
0: OK, so maybe it was just for this event, I hope, because we got a lot more 93 to cover and I, I don't want to see a lot more Terry Taylor.
1: <laughs> no, this was a you know, he comes up to perfect. He's you know yeah. How are you doing? You just lost. You know, <laughs> there wasn't really anything to do this. <laughs>
0: I wish Perfect would have called him on being the Red Rooster. <laughs> like, I was in the King of the Ring tournament. Where were you, Red? That would have been
1: nice. Hey, what do you call that fucking thing on the top of the, ro- the rooster's head? You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Is there a term for
1: it? I'm not sure. I, I was going to say, you know, I'd probably make a jab about, you know, where's your whatever that rooster hat thing is. You know? Yeah.
0: I don't know what that thing was called. There's probably like a technical term, like uh, the animal kingdom, but
1: not a removable yeah. hat. But. No, no. I,
0: do, do you do you have that same thought though? Like, did you see this and go, like, feel it in your gut? Like, fuck Terry Taylor. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't ever remember disliking Terry Taylor, and in this backstage role, I just I couldn't stand him. Uh,
1: we had another Mean Gene interview with uh, Sean Michaels and his. Bodyguard Diesel. This is the first time I think that we see Diesel. This is the first time that they
0: give him a name. He showed up on Raw, but this is the first time that we find out what his name was. At first, Shawn Michaels, because they didn't have a name for him, was calling him his insurance policy. Uh, I did see that on the on. I watched one of the Monday Night Raws where Diesel shows up and he was like, "Yeah, this is my insurance policy." And the the commentator's like, "Well, does he have a name?" He's like, "He's just my insurance policy."
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah I got a kick out of, out of Michael's little promo here. He didn't really talk about uh you know kicking Crush's ass. That was kind of a kind of a given. But he, he talks about how Hogan's a dinosaur and he's not near the caliber of superstar that John Michaels is. Which yeah. which he's not wrong. And I I I just thought that was great. He 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 said something along the lines of like uh Yokozuna gobbled the hulkster up like a brontosaurus burger <laughs> he did say that and, and there is actually there's more to that uh
0: so bret hart i guess um went to hogan's uh hogan's locker room after the yokozuna hogan match uh to kind of confront hulkster about some things uh because they actually did they did photo shoots and all this stuff it was supposed to be Hogan and Brett at the 93 SummerSlam with Hogan putting Brett over. Uh, the script was kind of flipped. Um, supposedly Hulkster said that uh, Brett was not in his league. Um, it didn't make any sense for him to try. This all made me so so upset because I love the Hulkster and I and I, I love Bret Hart and uh Hulkster actually went to the locker room, uh, confronted confronted Hulkster about it and Part of what I think he says it in this book, he says that on behalf of of myself, my family, and the rest of the guys in the locker room, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I was like, man, get oh, get dude. after him, Brett. <laughs> like he was not he was not happy with Hulkster and, and I think I think it was warranted uh, for sure in that situation because Brett dropping Brett dropping the title to Yoko at at WrestleMania nine and then Hulkster taking the belt the way that he did. Uh, I believe that Brett was maybe led led to think that it was going to be Brett over Hulkster at that that Summerslam, and the script was kind of flipped on him, and he was he was none too pleased. And at this time, uh, it was this, the more athletic, working wrestlers like the Shawn Michaels, like the Mr. Perfect, uh, obviously like the Bret Hart that were getting over or working on getting over. So I think they maybe kind of banded together a little bit against these uh, these larger guys like like hulkster and it would maybe helping helping pushing them pushing them out the door
1: hart had been the he had been the world champion already and they you know mcmahon and i guess just the company as a whole they're still not sold on having uh, having him be the guy it, it's really kind of kind of baffling for as good as for as
0: good as he is for as pure of a pure a worker as he is uh, for the stories that he could tell in the ring. Uh, for, he just seems to do everything right for uh, the company and for the business and for the story and for the fans. So to not to not really run with with Brett uh, at least at, at this juncture did seem very baffling. but it was, it was a time of change in the company, man. And sometimes change can't happen as quickly
1: as maybe it needs to. So next up, we got a big cluster pile of uh, of guys involved in an eight man tag match, um, sort of like a Survivor Series match with one fall. Uh, we got the Steiner brothers and the Smoking Guns against Money Incorporated and the Head Shrinkers. And at this point, uh, Macho Man feels like he's wrestled in forty matches so far. <laughs> <laughs> Money Incorporated uh, are the tag team champions at this time. And, you know, like we mentioned at the top of the show here, it's, uh, it's basically this is just getting the tag teams in. Yeah. You know, th- these are probably the four premier teams in the Federation at this time. It's kind of a down. The tag division is kind of, kind of down from previous years and years to come. Well, it, I mean, it had to be right now because
0: obviously you have the Rockers split you had the heart foundation split uh you're gonna demolition push demolition yeah, LOD I mean,
1: is it, gone.
0: yeah you never know when lod is going to pop in and out of town so it's it's hard to push a division i guess that you don't have or that you're trying to build the teams up in i think that's probably why the steiners were brought in because you know uh scott wouldn't come in on his own so you might as well bring them in and try and bolster that tag team division but this match didn't didn't really do much at all for me. I did think it was funny when uh, DiBiase kept on giving money to the head shrinkers and they kept eating it. I thought that was pretty damn funny.
1: I thought the highlight of this match was actually when JR is talking about Billy Gunn having a rodeo scholarship at yeah. Sam Houston State University and Bobby the Brain immediately comes back with, you know questioning that said, rodeo scholarship what did he major in like roping or something? yeah that was, that was exactly it that was exactly his line I wrote that down too I thought it was hilarious like, really. later on Billy's getting his ass kicked and, and, and Bobby's talking and Bobby's saying well maybe you should go back to rodeo school <laughs> just did, did not let him that was that might have been the best JR uh, random fact of the night uh, both these guys, yeah. both the smoking guys actually went to went to rodeo school. Man, uh, those rodeo
0: guys are tough guys. Like
1: I don't, wanna, I don't take anything away from rodeo guys
0: because it's it's not easy. Those are big giant beasts that they're doing. But a rodeo scholarship, like I mean, how the is there? Is There's no high, Is there a high school rodeo team? How do you, you? How does that shit come about? Even
1: he must have roped a hell of a steed or something. I don't know. Don't you rope a steer? You rope uh, a calf. You rope a calf. You don't rope a steed?
0: I don't think you rope a steed. I don't know uh, shit about it, man. I steed, didn't go to I didn't I didn't get a scholarship course, to rodeo I think, school. Right. I don't know what the fuck.
1: <laughs> I haven't even taken rodeo one oh one shit.
0: Um, oh so the, this match the only <laughs> it, it was kind of a wash. Yeah. I mean DiBiase put uh put Billy in the yeah, was a yeah, I think he put Billy in the the million dollar dream and then let, let him go Just
1: dropped him, <laughs> yeah.
0: And then Billy got him in a small package and the match was over. I don't, I don't think, I don't know if it was Rick or Scott, but I know one of the Steiners didn't even get in the ring. It was, it, it was not entertaining. It was, there wasn't, it didn't add much value to the card. It was, I think, like you were saying just to remind people like there was still tag team wrestling, even though they didn't give a shit about it on this, on this card.
1: There was, I believe, ten matches on this card, so this this card was stacked. I mean, maybe maybe they were saving this for SummerSlam. I don't know. I haven't I watched it yet. That'll be our next episode. But uh, you know, like a Steiners versus Money Incorporated could be yeah. just giving just giving that those two teams a match would have had a lot more value than this. Just throwing these guys, these eight guys in, you know. I guess they've kind of perfected it with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal these days. You know, just throw everybody in, you know. Yeah. Um, but those are
0: some of the things I look the most forward to on the WrestleMania card usually.
1: I love the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I mean, I, I like a good Battle Royal, too. This yeah. would have served better as a Battle Royal. I mean, if they could have gotten the rest of the roster in there. Yeah. Maybe maybe pull Terry Taylor out of, uh, out of there and put a, put, a, put, a, put his damn rooster cap on. Yeah, shit. Get, get the Macho King in there. They could have done more with that for sure. We go now to uh, the second interview with um, Yokozuna and Fuji. Jack Tunney is present.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. I I didn't write down anything about that. I, I completely I completely spaced over that. That they're congratulating him or saying how grateful they are for him to be the the world champion. Run me past that. I.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Jack Tunney was still a guy, but he he shows up and he congratulates Yoko, and that was about it. Tunney was on screen for about five seconds. Everybody's taking pictures. I think all Yoko had to say was bonsai. He just kind of stands there and looks mean, and Fuji rambles on about something. They're going to stay in the USA and...
0: Celebrate, yeah. Celebrate. <laughs> That's right, yeah. They're
1: going to celebrate
0: in Dayton, right outside of the Nutter Center, baby.
1: <laughs> right. Gonna have one of those Mr. Fuji uh, parties. Yeah. One of those fabulous parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for anybody that doesn't
0: get that reference, that was from, uh, what was that? There's an old VHS compilation I, tape that, that they put out, Coliseum I, Video put
1: out. Yeah, I don't remember what the source of that was. I just remember Fuji was having, having, uh, some fan, he was, he party
0: was, he, I think he was teaching Berserker how to throw parties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. And he was like, This is how you throw Mr. Fuji's fabulous potty. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the Nutter Center is gonna have a fabulous potty.
1: We got the Intercontinental title match. I think this is where, yeah, we're getting close to the end of the show here. Mm-hmm. We got Shawn Michaels, now the two time Intercontinental champion. Defending against Crush, uh, Sean is accompanied by Diesel. Interestingly enough, the past three pay-per-views, Sean's been accompanied by somebody different. <laughs> so he had, he, had, yeah. he had Sherry, then he had uh, Luna, yeah. and now he's got Diesel. Yeah. Um, so Michael's had defeated Janetti, I think, a week prior, they had said, to get the belt back. Couldn't have been, could it have been?
0: I'd have to go back and watch because I thought Jannetty wasn't back in the company at this point.
1: I think they said that's when that's when uh, Diesel debuted or something. He was he had helped Michaels win it. Interesting. At a show I, well, at a show in like uh, Syracuse, New York, or some some B market, New York. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I'd have I'd have to go back and watch because I could because I know when Jannetty after he came back from being fired, uh, his first night back he won the Intercontinental Championship from. From Shawn Michaels, um, and I believe that was on a that was on a Monday Night Raw, so it could have could have been. I don't. Uh, my memory isn't serving me as far as that that goes. But I, I thought Janetty hadn't come back yet. But
1: yeah, I just know that he had he did have the belt at the Mania, and he has it now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, who knows really? Right. Um, so Jr. goes on a rant about the the power of Crush. <laughs> all and, of his lifting all of his lifting stats. Yeah, you bench press six eighty and deadlift, you know, seven oh five and do twelve cock push-ups, you know, just Jeez. That's overdoing it. But yeah, the, the, the mullets involved in this contest are legendary. Everybody has a mullet. but <laughs> these, these two stand out. Crush has a mullet, Michaels has a
0: mullet, Diesel Diesel's has a one, mullet. Yeah. <laughs> the goddamn referee has a mullet in this match.
1: He does. huh? which, which who's ref, who's officiating this thing?
0: I don't know. I he probably went out the same time as mullets did cuz I I didn't recognize him.
1: <laughs> so we get back to uh you know talking about Crush's strength. Somebody I th- I think it might have been Heenan. He kind of kind of losing some of his uh kind of losing some of his credibility this show because he he mentions how, or maybe it was Jr. mentions how Crush has as much agility as Shawn Michaels does mm. and how he's the total package and whatnot. Yeah. Um, Savage Savage
0: kind of, he does a little bit of the same thing, too, in this match. He goes, I think he got... <laughs> fuck it, I'm not going to do Macho Man Randy Savage. My voice isn't there right now. Uh, but he goes, I... I I think he could. I, I think he could slam Yokozuna, and then he acts like nobody hears him, and he says it again. <laughs> he goes, and he, he even emphasizes. He goes, "I think he could slam Yokozuna." I said, "I think he could slam Yokozuna." I, was
1: like, I have this written down at three separate spots in this match. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he says, "I think Crush could slam Yokozuna," about is five times total.
0: Yeah, he, he was. He, he got all
1: kinds of fired up about that. I mean, once again, this is obviously, you know, foreshadowing the uh, the Yokozuna Slam Challenge that's coming up. Yeah. So, I mean, Crush does display is, is with the Gorilla Press, a backbreaker type of trash compacting backbreaker deal. But, I mean, he's doing this on Michaels, who's about two and a quarter, you know. It's, it's not exactly, you know, slamming Yokozuna, but... Yeah, you didn't you didn't particularly care for Crush's performance. No, I I didn't. And one
0: of my notes it just says does 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 Crush suck?
1: <laughs>
0: yes, you, did... <laughs> that was my note. And I I don't ever remember not being a like necessarily a fan of Crush. I never liked his his ring attire. His look never did anything for me. Uh, I was never like when he had his the, that shock opera, I shock, I don't give a shit about it. Uh, it was not, it, was, it just wasn't a fan. It did, did nothing at all for me. And even watching this match, like, Shawn Michaels sells great. That's what he does. What does Crush do great? What does Crush do good? and I, I don't mean to be dismissive of, of anybody that wrestles. Cause I, obviously I, I'm just a fan. Uh, so anybody that has the ability to do it, I, mean, I, I appreciate their ability to do so, but he doesn't do it at a very high level uh, at this point in his career. So I just, I was trying to dissect whether or not he was, he was very good or not. And according to the, at the moment in time when uh, I wrote this note, he, he, he did, he did suck.
1: Not the worst performance I've ever seen. They were really they were really trying hard to push crush. Um if if crush could have gotten over, you know, he is the kind of guy that they would have wanted to push, I'm sure. But there there must just not have been that much there. And no. I guess for me, like you said, it's it like with, with Michaels, he's gonna have a good match with anybody. So maybe that overshadowed the whole crush suck bit for me. <laughs> you know? Right. Because, like I said, you pull off a couple of like, like really good looking suplexes, which you could probably credit 90% of it to Michaels for just doing all the work for him, essentially. A visit from um, one of his old rivals. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, towards the end of this, this contest, do you want to take it from here? Oh, man.
0: I was so pumped. I forgot that this occurred. I forgot uh, about this as well.
1: Oh, I was so
0: excited. Yeah, the camera cuts and you see two doinks walking, walking down, mirroring each other, walking while puffing on a stogie. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. And, and they walk down and, and Crush kind of kind of catches them. And they walk down and they, they both kind of look up. They each take a big puff uh, of their cigar. Keenan says, oh, I can smell those. Those are good cigars. <laughs> they blow the smoke up in Crush's face. Shawn Michaels hits him with a uh, sweet chin music to the back of the head. And then Crush sells, sells him bouncing off the turnbuckle like it was Adrian Adonis with the scissors in WrestleMania 3. And like he, he grabs it, he kind of hits it, and then he's, he's over it. He's down, he's out for the count. Michaels gets the cover, but then Crush no-sells it right after. Like as soon, As soon as the three count hits, Crush jumps up and starts running after the two doinks and crush again. Maybe I'm being too harsh on him, but if that's how he actually runs, I feel bad for the guy because if that's his natural run, his natural run is him needing to run to the shitter. That's how he runs. It's, it's, it's an ugly looking run.
1: (laughs) And going back to how hard these guys are, the Nelts team is trying to, trying to sell crush. Uh, (laughs) there's a part towards the end of this match. It might, it might even been at the end of the match where JR kind of pulls the sympathy card for all the crush has been through. (laughs) He's he's had to deal with Doink the clown. (laughs) Once he said that, I just, I just cracked up and just blacked out the rest of what he was saying. (laughs) Like, yeah, this big behemoth of a man, he's all poor crush having to deal with Doink the clown, you know, it's. uh, Yeah. Yeah. But, shaka shaka bra. <laughs> yeah, but to, to answer your question, yes, Crush sucks. Yes, thank um, you. I mean, he was much better before and after this angle, but none of them were none of them were top notch. um His demolition character, his DOA character, I would have taken over this Crush any day. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, we got our last little bit with um me and Gene um bam bam bigelow was interviewed prior to his finals match with the hitman uh, not much here that <laughs> was uh
0: it sounded like a deodorant commercial to me <laughs>
1: i got no notes um yeah it's
0: because it's he goes it's something to the effect of you've been you're, you've been uh you had a, a buy this last round and you're you're fresh as a daisy and bam, bam, Bigelow, as he's, he's before he storms off the set, he goes, "I'm fresh as a daisy, and I'm gonna get the job done." And he storms out. <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, that that sounds like an old deodorant commercial."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bigelow had about two hours off in between this, this match <laughs> and, his, and his, his barn burner with Duggan. Uh, this is uh, Hitman's third match. And it's mentioned that uh, the winner of this match uh, ought to be the number one contender for the title. JR again falsely states that the winner of this match will be the first king of the ring. Yeah. Savage just lets it slide, um, as do we, I suppose, because we already went over the. <laughs> we already went over this. Um, yeah, I,
0: I still got the page open if you want to know again that Haxal was never the king of the ring. Uh,
1: and you're telling me Haku wasn't. <laughs> I, I know that Haku Imagine. was.
0: You, you find that information, and I might believe you, but as it sits right now, no. Again, I'm going to say Don Morocco, Shifty Dan Schaffner, uh, Randy Savage, Tito Santana, Bret Hart.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: shit, not Shifty Dan. Harley Race. Harley Race, not Shifty
1: Dan Schaffner. <laughs> big low, fresh as a daisy. Uh, big Get the water. job done. <laughs> he controls the match early on. You know, action spills to the outside, and uh, the steel ring post gets, gets some more attention. First part of this match, um, you know, Hitman, you know, looks looks tired. He's he's put on put on a couple of a couple of stellar matches already. Uh, Luna Vachon appears out of nowhere. Well, Bigelow is um, feeding the ref a line about something, and she she nails the Hitman with a, you know kind of a weak hit with the chair to the back.
0: It was. I think that that uh, Dracula cape that she was wearing maybe restricted her.
1: <laughs> I believe Bigelow got a pin shortly after this.
0: He did. He did. Uh, he, he he got the one, two, three. The match was over until... That should have been it, really. I thought that was questionable. <laughs> yeah. Earl Hebner runs out and... He got a lot of this in the, in this kind of time period where the referees would run out and they'd want to right the, right the wrongs of, of what happened. And this is another one of those cases where the, the referee, Earl Hebner, ran out and and decided that that was not you know that was not the way the match was going to end uh, throughout this match i thought it was kind of strange there was a lot of people leaving did you take the time to look at any of the audience it seemed like a lot of people were leaving during this match and it was a it was a slower paced match with a lot of bam bam offense but i i don't think that i would leave during it
1: no yeah it was you know kind of like mania the championship match is in the middle of the card. Well, not like maybe in that regard, but the Hogan match is in the middle of the card, right? right. Um, and there are a lot of matches in this contest, so I guess that doesn't really surprise me. But
0: yeah, during this too, Savage says at one point he said uh, if if Bret Hart gets the gets him to he Hart gets the sleeper on Bam Bam, and Savage says if he if he if he, if he how did he put it. If he gets him to go to sleep right here, uh, I'll strap a jetpack on my back and shoot through the top of the Nutter Center or something to that effect. <laughs> and before he gets his thought out, Bam, Bam's out of the hole. <laughs> and then, and then he says, he says, if Hitman wins this, I'm going to run in there and I'm going to shake his hand. And he goes, "Would you, Bobby? Would you shake his hand? Say yes. <laughs> would you, would you let, would you let Bobby speak? Would you shake his hand? And say yes." <laughs> Bobby says, I, "I wouldn't shake anybody's hand." Is how he responded
1: to that. The hitman makes, uh, yeah, he makes a comeback. Um, <laughs> Savage is Savage is pretty drained at this point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he lays it all out there. Like I said, I did I did like this dynamic of um, characters in the booth. A good call. Uh, I got a kick out of uh, after after the. the the momentum shifts a few times bigelow gets uh hitman down and he goes for a big posterior drop which he oh made. yeah that's right
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah bam bam went for that senton and uh he 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 does he it the, the big posterior drop and bret hart had to roll like i believe it was like three times to get out of the way of that move that was uh bret hart's phenomenal
1: yeah he was really the highlight of this this car this that was kind of a of a showcase for him which rightfully so it was the the ring tournament you know so he makes his final comeback well i mean all three of these matches too they're just back and forth you know i mean sure there's there's periods of you know sustained uh domination by the bigger opponent and really each of them you know it goes through a number of reversals and close calls eventually uh eventually hart wins with a victory roll uh, first time I'd seen him do that particular hold. I saw him do it a few times after this, but yeah, I guess the one, two, three, like I said, just incredible display by, by the hit man. Um with, with all three matches, they were, they were the best three matches of the card.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They were 100% the best three matches of the card. And I think going in, if you told me that you're going to watch one wrestler on one card wrestle three times, uh, and you weren't going to be disappointed in any match, or you weren't going to lose focus while watching any match. Uh, I probably wouldn't believe it, but I mean, this, this, this time period definitely it, it's made me really, really appreciate Bret Hart so much more and appreciate him again. Uh, he is absolutely one of the, one of the best when, he this this tournament they told him that he'd win every match without applying the sharpshooter that's his finishing that's his finishing move you're you're taking away the guy's signature move and the the ways that he comes up and and his creative he his creativity in the matches and his creative finishes uh i mean hands down he is absolutely one of the best
1: i i didn't notice that didn't even get the sharpshooter locked in in any of the, any of the matches. Nope. Nope. And not at all. It's
0: it, it just, I mean, the, this event is, is really, it really does showcase Bret Hart, like you said, and, and what he can do. And if you were to take, you know, so, some, some time period of, of Bret Hart's career uh, to really showcase him and show, and I think he probably had a fire, about him at this time too, obviously with the way things uh, shook out with the, you know, he wanted warrior at WrestleMania that didn't shake out. Then he has to drop the belt at, at wrestle at WrestleMania. Uh, and then, you know, things aren't shaking out, obviously with setting up what he, what he wanted with, with Hogan. Uh, he it just seems like he's getting the, the, the real raw end of the stick. And it seems like he's taking that raw and turning it around and shoving it up somebody's ass with his work. Uh, Cause it's beautiful. He does great work.
1: So, this, uh, this show ends with the King of the Ring coronation with me and Gene. Uh, Hitman gets the crown and throne and scepter and robe the whole bit. And we get, uh, we get a final big old, oh, yeah, from the Macho Man. And then Jerry the King Lawler shows up to spoil the uh, spoil Hitman's party. Yeah, he sure does.
0: It's not one of those you know, fabulous Mr. Fuji parties, but uh, King does show up and he's still relatively new uh, to the Federation at at this point. Uh, He's still obviously every, I get this, this point in time, not just in wrestling, but maybe throughout the States, people are familiar with him because of his, uh, his dealings with Andy Kaufman. So people probably, you know, people probably know him outside of even the the wrestling circles, Uh, but he shows up with his, with his, with his crown to declare that he's the only, he's the only, uh, king in the world wrestling federation he's the true king of the world wrestling federation and he tells brett that he might make him a prince if he kisses bret hart's or if bret hart kisses jerry lawler's feet which i thought was kind of funny in my head i was going god would that work could you have made it uh could you have made bret hart the prince and jerry lawler the king and had that go talk about sticking it to Brett that time make him make him jerry lawler's prince that had really, that'd, talk about really but you probably get the, the best matches of all time if you made if you made Bret Hart Jerry Lawler's prince.
1: Yeah these guys ended up feuding for a long time after this on and off yeah <laughs> I thought it was pretty hilarious how just unabashed Lawler comes out and implores the hitman to get down on his hands and knees and kiss his feet yeah. you know um, and then you know hitman shoots back with the burger king chant and um mm-hmm. yeah the show ultimately ends with with uh lawler really beating the bejesus out of heart which was a, a a kind of a turn i i don't know i guess i i didn't recall that that from this show and you really didn't see that in these shows right. um up until then where you know the bad guy is ends up ends up you know, with the upper hand at the end of the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: he did. He took he took a lot of shots at uh at Brett. At one point he even threw a piece of the scepter into the audience and and he ripped apart that that whole set. Mean Gene kind of uh fumbled around to get out of there. I thought it was funny at one point I thought mean Jean was gonna fall off the stage. You know, you know not that not that Mean Jean was you know falling would be funny. It'd just be fucking hilarious. Uh we had the he he really took some shots at, uh, at at Brett in there. I mean, he was yeah, throwing everything at him. And the way that the show closed with Brett laying upside down down those those stairs that was that was a hell of a way to close the show. Makes me very anticipatious to watch uh, Summerslam '93.
1: Yeah, the, the the closing words from Jr. were, um, <laughs> "Thanks for being with us. This is terrible." <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh i didn't i didn't catch that i didn't catch that at the
1: end we're just getting started here with the uh with our little trek through um 1993 and beyond so thanks for tuning in um and i am uh in case you forgot i'm duke bags and uh we got who are you you've you've known me for like 30 fucking years man I mean, Ke- kevin rogue oh right kevin rogue that's, that's, that's you. okay Ha, ha, ha.